position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite. The deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to episode number 300. Oh my god! Of the best Linux games podcast being recorded for you on this Sunday, the 26th of July, 2020. That make it for our sequel friends, 2020, 0727, at 0747. Uh, AM, PM, AM, Pacific Coast Time, Left Coast, Coast of the Most, 747 AM. Crack Engineer, oh yeah, Ivor Molina over there in the booth. Holding up the whiskey sign, that's a good idea, Ivor. I need it this week. Mm. Let's get straight to our top stories. So, first of all, 300 fucking episodes. It's a lot of fucking episodes. Um, I did the math. Uh, well, I tried to do the math. Figuring that every... I did the math and figuring that every episode, like, basically on average, averages maybe to like two hours which is pretty fair um that's 600 fucking hours of this show it's a lot of hours turns out to be uh roughly 50 days at 12 hours a day and so if all you did was listen to this show it would take you a month and a half to listen to all the episodes. That's a horrifying prospect, um, at least for me. Because I don't even fucking go back. I like sometimes, like uh, two weeks ago, like when I did the drunken um, drunken episode about uh, the thing. Whatever the fuck it was. Um, oh yeah, Snap and Mint. Um, that was like a you know, 35 minute long episode or whatever, 40 minute long episode. Uh, only when I know, like, oh shit, I fucked up. Do I ever go back and listen to any of the old episodes? So, 
Or if I need to check something, or you know, I get a lot of fucking flack from something, or whatever, I go back and uh, I'll listen. But uh, I generally know what I generally, sometimes, well, most of the time, I know what I'm putting out here. There's no fucking way you could pay me enough money to listen to 12 hours of this show every fucking day for fucking a month and a half. Well, okay, you could pay me. You could pay me you know, $250 an hour, and sure. Sure, we can do that. Ah, fuck it, $150 an hour. Ah, you know what, I'll cut you a break. $100 an hour. So that would be (laughs) 12 hours a day. Okay, $150 an hour. $150 150 an hour. If I have to do 12 hours a day of this, of listening to this, I can't stand listening to this show. Um, not because the show itself is bad, but generally because I can't stand the sound of my own voice. Um, it puts me right to sleep. So, okay, so, alright, let's do the math. Let's do the math. Let's do the math. Alright, so at, okay, so, <laughs> 50 days. Of 12 hours, so 150... Alright, hang on. Let me... Let me. So, okay, so according to my shorthand here, uh... And I have this calculia, so basic math like this is very difficult for me, but, uh... 50... Okay, so it's like $1,800 a day. at 12 hours a day at $150 an hour. Because if I have to listen to it for 12 hours a day, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need a hundred... I need some inducement. Um, so... That's $90,000. That's a crazy amount of money. Just listen to the show. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Bottom line is this. Right now in America, the COVID outbreak is completely out of control. It's not an outbreak. It is out of control. It's community spreading everywhere and hundreds of thousands more people will die. And I, I it's Ivor, you're fired. By the way, Ivor brought the COVID upon us. Anyway, but in all seriousness, for reals, um, it's... For me, like, 300 episodes is just, okay, fine. It's another 100 episodes. But it, it should... I really would like it to mean more, but it's impossible to celebrate when... 145,000 of us have died, half of which been in old age homes and care facilities. It's it's horrible, and we are approaching this with a senselessness that really makes the idea of paying me $150 an hour to listen to every hour of this show um, look quite reasonable, quite rational. Meanwhile, the entirety of Las Vegas is completely shut down, which is as I foretold. Um, the, our current administration is rapidly turning, uh, disparate federal arms of the government into psychotic, jackbooted, pseudo-brown-shirted police forces who are um, regardless of civil rights or anything uh, just grabbing up some bad guys even if they are just normal people we're tear-gassing mothers we're breaking the arms of people who come up to you as a law enforcement officer to ask a question We are balls deep into the slide into fucking full-blown fascism. So, I've been very depressed this week. I think everyone's very depressed this week. Anyone who watches fucking real news is very depressed this week. And then we, we one bright positive moment was when Trump said, yes, wear masks but then also threatened to pull all funding from schools and then start injecting these anonymous 
fucking secret police motherfuckers into every peaceful protest across the country which is unacceptable it's unconstitutional on every level and I see bad things I see bad things I see terrible things and they are real and have definable features and I've been very depressed I've been sleeping as much as possible which is not much because I just have fucking endless nightmares I'm magnificently disgusted by everything that's happening by the the GOP's uh, right now everyone I know is going to be evicted in terms of in, in Las Vegas everyone I know is going to be evicted Mitch McConnell, Moscow Mitch says that everything will be uh, fixed within three weeks that's two weeks that's I mean this is happening right now so I don't feel like really celebrating our stupid fucking podcast I know we're supposed to be the toy aisle but we are operating under you know a time of pandemic a time of great plague a time of great plague mishandled so grotesquely by the most powerful most scientifically advanced most wealthy uh, country that the world has ever known and we seem to say that it's acceptable losses, it's all collateral damage which is why this week instead of celebrating a 300th fucking episode that you know, makes me feel sick makes me feel sick there is no anarchy in the streets there there is no devastating fucking MS-13 terror squad, no, there are a bunch of fucking white frat kids who are going to COVID parties and the entire country was quote unquote opened up I've been saying this for 15 fucking years now well not 15 but over a decade you close your eyes to science you close your eyes to post enlightenment reasoning rational thought and you ignore the truth you will sow the whirlwind and you you will sow the you will sow the wind and you will reap the whirlwind and uh it looks like it's going to take us another couple hundred thousand people to die before we fucking accept reality. Unlike no other country on the face of the fucking planet have we managed to fuck up our goddamn response to this this virus as badly as any other country. So, I'm not in the mood to celebrate a 300th episode. Even though that does represent... Alexa, what's 300 divided by 52? 300 divided by 52 is 5.7692. So this will be our, like, sixth year-ish. Although not in terms of time, but in terms of episode. Anniversary. I'm sorry if you have an Amazon Echo. uh, But I had to ask... However, because life is not, well, life is all doom and gloom, and we are the toy aisle, as the great schmooze would say. My namesake, Captain Midnight, Steve Summers. Mm. I bring, I present to you three features. One, a full review of Carrion, which came out this week and which I have beaten took me 11 hours but I beat it most people can beat it in probably 6 um and then something else and then uh oh yeah 
We will do. And I am the very model of already general and this fishy vegetable animal line of the gives me an like with a historical Something like that. When I know in fact what is meant by Ramalon and Javelin, when I can die mouth right over my javelin. When I know precisely what is meant by commissariat. Commissariat. Anyway, we will do the hundred best Linux games. Out of order, in no particular order. Perhaps we will do that next week. Um, because I, I don't hold out much hope for the rest of this country here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And um, I don't see us if we don't fucking do something right now we are fucked. We're fucked by November and we're doubly fucked by uh, April of next year. And so uh, yeah I don't feel very much like celebrating. And I've but here's the math behind what I decided in terms of and I, I wanted to do it this week, but it's 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 just so depressing. It's bone crushingly fucking depressing. So anyway, here is the math. So we've got like roughly six years of Best Links Games podcast one episode per week. This is three episode 300. We talk about lots of games every episode. Almost every episode we talk about lots of games. We review an episode around well we used to have a much much brisker clip before the last seven months of darkness but um, every three months we review a game, something like that. We feature many more, and we talk about even more than the games that we fe- we feature. <laughs> so, three hundred episodes. At least three hundred games were talked about during those 300 episodes. We we know that much. At least. Because generally there's like at least four games that are mentioned in every episode. So even the episodes where we don't mention a game in the episode still counts as w- at least one episode on average. So let's just say there's only one episode. Well, one game mentioned on average per episode. That's still 600 games. That's a lot of games. In terms of my actual games that I own, I own something like 1,200, something like that. Games. all Most of which I can play on Steam. On Linux. Via Proton. Especially. Some of which I can't. But, so... Bottom line is this. So, 600 games. Well, what if we just narrowed it down to the top 100? And not even the top 100, but just 100 because top implies that like there is that these are absolutely the best Linux games that like there is not another 100 behind them which there are I did a list I I, I wrote up a list uh but we'll we'll do that list next week um And we'll talk about something that is a little happier this week. Because we this week we have our our review. We have for our feature this week we have a review. It's a review of Carrion. But before we get to that, I wanna one last thing in our top stories. One of the funniest things that's happened over the last ten days, maybe two weeks, has been uh, a resurgence in interest in Payday Two. Uh, among our listeners, and I've been playing with 
uh, you know, Vigilant Viking and Shadow Glare and, you know, everybody. Um, and Payday 2 is a really ideal game for, especially if you're like me, where you're stuck in COVID, Trump induced psychosis and depression, because nothing is getting any better. In fact, it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. Last four days, we have seen a thousand people die every day in this country who are officially diagnosed with COVID. The real number of deaths is many more times that, but we will we'll just focus on the on the actual metrics that we have and um It's it's going to get bigger, especially if we open up our schools. <sighs> and the cost in terms of human life is absolutely unforgivable. And the cost in terms of the economy, just from a practical sense, is inane and ludicrous. So if you live in a state with a GOP um, senator, representative, you live in a district with a House representative who is GOP guy, vote them out. We're all going to die if you don't. And even if you do, we're still all probably going to die. That's the bleak side. The best possible side is that best outlook right now is that this will take us five years before we can leave this country. And that's not taking into the political reality of literal fascism completely taking hold. These are dark times. If you live in America, you understand Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. A lot of people who evidently don't understand. So, Ivor based him with the feature this week. A review of Carrion. In accordance with the laws and regulations regarding the internet within your local jurisdiction, Best Linux Games Podcast now presents you with a dose of clap. Just kidding, motherfuckers. It's review time. So, we're all gonna die. Great. Well, the people who made us the magnificent revelation that was Butcher, which was an 8-bit pixel trash, two-dimensional side-scrolling pseudo-platformer heavily focused on carnage, guts, gore, and uh, weapons from the chainsaw all the way to uh, (laughs) advanced science fiction, you know, blah, blah. All in 8-bit pixel trash. Out of control. Sociopathic fucking murder festival shit. That was what Butcher was. Well, they made a sequel. And it's called Carrion. And it's not a sequel. It's a spiritual sequel. It's it's their follow-up. And as my mom once told me after I wrote my first book, she said, Seth, you've written your first book. Now, what are you doing for your second? I'm like, I'm still fucking working on the first one here. You know, I have to fucking promote, you know, all this shit. She said, no, Seth, you have to write a second one because anyone can write a book. It's like pissing in a ditch until you write your second one and then you establish a pattern. And that was when I decided to give up poetry and wrote Blue Wizard is About to Die and that's launched me on this whole fucked up trajectory to where here I am talking to you on the internet. Um, Which is exciting. (laughs) It really is. It's great. I love doing this show. This show is good. At least the idea of this show is good. I don't know if the show itself is good. 
because I have to be involved in that aspect of the show's production. Anyway, I sent the guys who made Butcher Phobia Game. They're now called Phobia Games. It is published by Devolver, by the way, so you know it's good. Um, I sent them the most insane uh, interview request ever. This was a year ago, year and change ago, uh, over Butcher, and they never got back to me. I think because they probably are not... They probably just thought I was psychotic. And they're right. Well, just as writing one book is pissing in a ditch, but writing two establishes a pattern, Carrion established, and I was so rooting for this, establishes a magnificent opus of 8-bit carnage, 8-16, pseudo 16-bit adventure game carnage. The likes of which has not been unleashed on the world of video games uh, since uh, uh, Flashback for the old Sega Genesis. So what is Carrion? Well, in Carrion, you take on the role of a very, very... Look, let's just let's put it this way. A friend of mine said that he was gonna be gonna be playing Carrion in an hour or something. You know, this is last night. And I was like, okay, cool, that's great. You should. Just don't kill anybody. And I was being sarcastic. And then I said something along the lines of Okay, you can kill whoever you want, but what's important and listen to me. I want you to listen to me, bitch. What's important is that you show the world how special you are. So in Carrion, you take on the role, this is a side-scrolling 8-bit pixel trash, blood, guts, gore, unbelievable blood, guts, gore, unbelievably detailed. Graphically, it's it's phenomenal. Um, and gameplay-wise, it's phenomenal. And we'll, we can skip the preamble right now. Uh, Carrion, although it's short, is fully worth Best Things Games podcast, highest honor that we can afford any game. Worth full price, any price, all price, every price, every day, any day, all days, any week, any month, any year. Completely worth it. It's short, but it is priceless. It is pricelessly unique. So in Carrion, you take on the role of The Thing from the old movie. The Thing. But you're way worse. Whereas, okay, well, we were not going to try to, okay, we won't compare and contrast here. Here's the deal. You are a mass of cellular biology that can reconfigure itself in a modular fashion. None of this is explained to you. You learn it intrinsically, intuitively, uh, by doing. And doing begins at the very beginning of the game when you break out of your containment thing. And the scientists scream... And they're not screams of joy. And you are disappointed. I was. Because look at me. I'm magnificent. So what are you? You are a biomass. That can reconfigure itself spontaneously at will. Very similar to like an artificially uh, artificial intelligence explosions. Uh, driven concept of what a... Uh, you know, a nano swarm would be a self reconfiguring tool using hyper intelligent, distributed, focused physical manifestation of something that does not respect human life at all. So, insert Trump administration joke here. But 
I think, and I have to say, I think it might be because of the current times that we are living in that it is so delicious. I mean, I howled when I played this game for the first hour. I howled. There's video of it. It's on the Twitch stream. In fact, it's this... We have... Uh, I have um, a highlight of the second to... of the first uh, hour of me playing this game. It'll be in the show notes. Um, I just howled. I could not fucking believe that anyone would make a game this sick. So what are you as the thing? We'll call us the thing. You are infinite tentacles. No matter what size you are, you're infinite tentacles. You are incredibly fast. The other thing that you are are teeth. Teeth. So, when you first start the game and you grab your first human... You'll notice that, actually, I'm not sure if this is true when you're that small, but eventually you can scale up and down in sizes. Each size has a different special ability once you unlock the special abilities. Um, there's a lot of illusion of free will in the game, but you're, you're suddenly let loose. Something goes wrong and you escape your containment unit in this high-pressure lab facility, which is who knows where and who knows what year when you grab someone in general with one of your tentacles instantaneously before you even can see this it took me seven hours before I realized this is what was happening another tentacle from you automatically goes to the other end the the opposite end of the person that you grabbed and then you snap them in half like a party cracker and then if you wish, if you're not otherwise engaged, you bring them closer to your, you have to do this manually, bring them closer to any one of your many mouths. Your teeth and tentacles. You're very similar to the uh, creature in the Crawling Terror from the old MST3K episode. A creature who starts off small but is able to consume its victims, meaning humans, and add them to their to its own biomass and its own power, etc. But here's the thing about being the thing. From the get-go, you are absolutely unstoppable. You move with lightning. Fu- okay, what a piece of work is man. How noble in reason. How infinite in faculties, in form and moving, how express and admirable, in apprehension, how like an angel... In form moving high like a god. There you go. The beauty of the world, the paragon of animals. That is what you are. But really, all you are is a giant, writhing, slithering, monstrous mass of tentacles and teeth. Many mouths. Sometimes you have eyes. It's hard to tell if those are eyes or assholes. And the answer is yes. And infinite tentacles, meaning. You can be on the ceiling. Oh, and the the speed with which you move is... Oh, it's intoxicating. It is really awesome. Like, okay, uh, because I have, like, fucking... I'm a... If you imagine, like, a circle, if you imagine a sphere, if you imagine a lump of flesh, like a Katamari Daimashi, like a Katamari, that can grow, but has infinite tentacles, that can are infinitely articulable. You don't have to control those. Those just happen magically. So as you navigate, like, for instance, like the room that you are birthed in, quote-unquote birthed, from which you escape, your uh, human creators are somewhat less than pleased to see you. In fact, they try to shoot you with their guns as you rip them apart and shove them into your mouths uh, and as the ichor sprays out of your mouth the fucking refuse because you're metabolizing them immediately as they enter your mouth snapped in two as you feed legs into your mouth it is awesome 
you're already puking up from another mouth the green fucking refuse of them you know their pencil protectors their pocket protectors their their guns their ammunition etc and then away you go into the air ducts lightning fast lickety split so the question is now on the table You're right, Ivor. More whiskey. You're fired, Ivor, by the way. The question is now on the table. With a creature so powerful, even before you gain any real biomass, you are essentially invincible. Although that's not true. I mean, you can be killed by gunfire. For the first 30% of the game, you can be killed by gunfire. It's possible. Throughout the last 70% of the game, you cannot really be killed by gunfire because you grow too big. Your goal, by the way, is, if you have one, is just like any other sort of artificially intelligent intelligence explosion is to gather your resources to preserve your freedom at all costs to expound to expand the boundaries of your freedom at all costs to grow more powerful and gather resources at all costs and to ultimately obviously escape the facility and conquer the world Obviously, at all costs, because these fucking idiots do not understand how special you are. Oh, and they scream. When you pop a scientist in half, they scream. So, the deliciousness of this game is how the fuck in the immortal words of Matt Taibbi uh, talking about his illustrator for uh, Insane Clown President, which he got the illustrator from Rolling Stone where he worked uh, to do the illustrations for it and uh, this guy started off with Trump emerging from a giant clown's asshole in full, a giant elephant's asshole in full fucking psychotic clown makeup so where was he going to go for the next 16 pictures so where are we going to go we are so powerful it is crazy Well, we can go many different places. The game is essentially, and I hate this term, but this game is Metroidvania. And it's so much more brilliant than Butcher. And it's three times longer than Butcher. And it's a game that I can't wait to beat again immediately. Um, <laughs> excuse me. So what are... How, how is this game going to be challenging? Well, if you played Butcher, then you know that these guys are not big fans of puzzles, and neither am I. The geography is its own puzzle. It's very much in line with Tomb Raider, the reboot 2013 reboot of Tomb Raider. Um, but here you can move effortlessly, and the humans are... They're... For, almost the entirety of the game, they're never a threat. The humans are never a threat. The cyborgs, the androids, those guys can be something of a threat. Um, There's only two ways that I know of to really kill me. At any size. Well, at least at the biggest size. Because as you eat people, you gain biomass. And so what, what, what you... That means it makes you bigger. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're better... It just means bigger. And you understand this. And you're able to deposit parts of yourself in cocoon-like um, semi-permeable giant horrifying ichor-filled blobs in uh, bodies of special standing water. But the other thing that you're really focused on doing in order to escape this facility is to destroy 
this facility. And that means using your echolocation ability, which sounds like this. <laughs> which will show you on the screen. There is no map. It'll show you on the screen where places that you can deposit yourself are. These places, these crevices form your safe spots and also allow you to rebulk up to your full body mass, if you wish. Um, it saves whatever your body mass was when you save there, when you actually infect a new one, or or, or when you save there intentionally, because you can go back to them. Um, adding and dropping weight eventually becomes very crucial, and I think really pads out the last two and a half to, in my case, five hours of the game, because I'm slow and I hate puzzles. Uh, but you don't even realize that you're doing puzzles until, like, you know, the very end of the game, so it's painless. But here's the thing, as you go through the game, you get different um, abilities. You don't need any of them. All of the abilities are literally jump boots and keys, with the exception of a few. Like, the ability to, like, cover yourself in keratin and withstand a, a harpoon torpedo blast is not that useful except for when you're literally trying to get through an area where there are automated harpoons. These are harpoons with a torpedo on the back end. The harpoon is a fork and it screws into you faster than all of your tentacles can actually deal with it generally effectively. So you have to coat yourself in keratin and isolate the explosion to keep from the harpoon instantly killing you. And that's when you're huge. All the way down to like when you're, you know, at your smallest or near smallest, eventually you can get the ability to become invisible. All of these abilities require power from uh, power panels. None of them are as good or as effective throughout 80% of the game as simply... So you have, you're essentially a big blob of flesh with lots of mouths, lots of teeth, and lots of tentacles. And you're laser fast. These tentacles allow you to interact with objects, such as doors, such as air ducts, the covers for air ducts, such as boxes, such as Drones and quadrocopters. Quadrocopters are, by the way, the most effective way to kill us. Uh, they're, if they lean forward, if they surprise you in a swarm of five, they're very difficult to kill and they're very strategically placed to box you into a death zone because your little meaty tentacles, you're like meatwad, you're like giant meatwad with lots of mouths and infinite tentacles and you are huge eventually you get huge but it's not about size does not matter in this game what matters is that we get out probably the best anyway all of the abilities and stuff they matter only for navigating the rest of the game so, like, for instance, like, there's uh, eventually you get the ability to send in through anything that, like, has, um, you can't interact with, but has, like, structural wall things, but they're, like, in a grid, so there's, like, little spaces between them, almost like a grating, but you can't move them. That means it's time to use ye old tentacle brain splice, by which if you can launch your tentacle through there, and you can control it, by the way, um, once you have this ability, uh, and you touch a human being, or an android, even a dead android, because dead androids are not dead, even dead human beings you can do this to, provided they're not snapped in two, you then control that person. This is not a major gameplay feature of the game, 
It's just I'm highlighting this to explain to you the panoply of fucking unstoppable death that you are. Really the base of the game 80% of what you do in this game is eating people. Eating people and preserving your freedom, expanding your grasp, knowledge, understanding, and dominance of the actual geography of this facility in which you were born. Even though they don't like you. As the countermeasures ratchet up and up and up and up and up. Flamethrowers are a good way to kill us, by the way. They're not that good, though. Because there's water everywhere. Guns are pretty good, but I will snap you in half and then I'll eat you and that means like whatever damage you did with a pistol or an assault rifle is going to be basically instantly negated by me adding you to my biomass into the toothy hole you go see I'm special you cannot eat androids because they're androids they don't have but you can eat a lot of parts of them and you can break them uh, by eating them, by gnawing on them, by chewing on them. Eventually you'll spit them out uh, when they're fully fucking completely broken. You can still reactivate them if you have the mind control tether thing. Um, but really, the game comes down to exploding into rooms if you wish to. Alternatively, you can silently creep around the periphery of the rooms watch the people inside of them you can be above them below them and then you can just reach out a tentacle I play it with the uh, Xbox One generic uh, wired gamepad so it's a twin sticker for me meaning that any direction that I point um, and this all happens in real time with uh, my left stick makes me fly there. Like, you fly through. Doesn't matter if it's up or down, doesn't matter, because I have tentacles that can reach, like, fucking 30 yards. And I have infinite numbers of them. So wherever I want to go, I can go there, and I can go there fast. With my right stick, I use that to aim a reticule. And then I use my right trigger to activate whatever's underneath that reticule this sounds very tiresome this is a very fast and dynamic process for instance let me give you a completely non-hyperbolic example um let's say there's a room with five guys in it on two different levels of catwalks that i you know that have like ladders so i can traverse through them um let's say it's about we'll say Fifty meters squared. Okay, there's five guys, fifty meters squared. Some are on catwalks, some are not. I can kill all those people in under three seconds. I can eat them in under twenty. After you kill them, it doesn't matter because, like, then you just want to eat them for biomass. And eating them does take some practice and time because you have to you have to chew, spit out their gun parts, their stupid human bullshit and incorporate their DNA to you but it doesn't matter, it takes your lightning fast so the first 70% of the game is extraordinarily horrifyingly enjoyable because you're just ripping through everything and and you gain these abilities the last 30% gets a little tiresome in they start creating these puzzle loops where the geography loops back on itself and it can be somewhat confusing to figure out where it is you need to go. Um, I am very puzzly challenged. I'm, I'm, I'm very stupid and uh, probably took an extra three hours just trying to figure out, you know, blocks. Like once you figure out, like dropping weight, because each weight class that you have determines what your two powers are. The buttons are very simple. The controls are lightning smooth. You are lightning slick. 
you are special. And there is at no point in the entire game at which you feel like you are not completely capable of absolutely fucking destroying anything that is in your way. Even when you've been killed like 17 times in one room or whatever. Um, Which brings me to my final point. My favorite thing about the game, the later part of the game, not my favorite thing about the game in general, but I, I I haven't gone back and played it again from the beginning. I beat it like three hours ago. My favorite thing about the later parts of the game, if there is a great quality, the last 30% of the game, is that it forces you to use all of your skills, but doesn't force you to do them. Meaning, instead of me just exploding into your room, ripping you and every one of your coworkers apart like you are hot French bread, I mean hot French bread, bread under 20 seconds you'd be 15 of you, it does not fucking matter, I can kill all of you and you can have fucking android security guards and drones and shit I'll grab the drones and I will bang them into walls, I'll throw them I'll throw your quadricopters into your co-workers, I'll cut them in half I will eat and eat and eat and eat cause that's, I'm, I'm special you see, um Apart from being able to do that and then facing the consequences because it's, it's so great. It's all high resolution pixel trap. It's magnificent. The amount of time they spend in the backgrounds alone had to have been ridiculous. All the details are phenomenal. All of the weapon technology is phenomenal. It's like Butcher, but you are now an even worse bad guy than you were in Butcher blood sprays every it's fucking horrifying it happens so fast that it's almost difficult for people to see um seriously like I've done a lot of videos of this game and it, it I look back on them and it's difficult almost for people to see but apart from just exploding into rooms and doing whatever the fuck you want and just murdering everybody and then flipping switches and stuff which is, is great it's great because you are intelligent you are very special Last 30% really introduces some stealth mechanics if you want them. And these get really good. For instance, when I mind control somebody, which involves me sending a tentacle through, you know, like a air duct crack, more or less. We'll just call it that. Because that's not what it is, but we'll just call it that. That's what it looks like and how it behaves functionally, geographically in the game. I send a little tentacle. It's a long tentacle. It can go much longer than any of my normal tentacles. And I can control it. If someone sees it, they'll shoot it and it hurts me. And I tentacle gets retracted. But if I can get to someone, anyone, dead or alive, if they're all in one piece and androids don't break up into pieces, I can control them. That means I can walk through like security scan, not, not security scanners, but um, like underneath, you know, uh, the conical supervision of automated uh, turret sentries that can just fucking slice me up. I can walk them right into a group of their fellow survivors and just make them murder each other. Or even better, if it's a human, if it's a biologic, then that little flesh tether. I can transport myself throughout that flesh tether and explode out the person as big as life no matter where the fuck they go. Stealth. Other stealth elements. I can become invisible if I'm very small. Towards the last 30% of the game I can become invisible. All these require power but you don't really need to worry about it because none of them are that Essential, although they are fun. Everything about this game is fun and horrifying. I mean, like you are such a monster. 
But let's forget the tentacle powers, you know, let's just go with straight up grabbing tentacles. So I can, you know, okay, fine, so here's this room, and uh, there's like, you know, five guys in there and some drone deployers and some laser grids or whatever, it does not matter. And let's say I just don't feel like fucking barging in there and terrifying the fuck out of everybody. Alright, so there's like five scientists and like two androids. Great. Scientists are on the top level. Alright, cool. So I get in the air ducts and then I growl, which I use to echolocate normally my uh, crevices, but I can also use it to intimidate the humans. Humans will back away from the growl because they hear it. And they're like, we're all going to die. Because they've been watching us on the monitors the entire time. They've been watching security zone after security zone fail. Fail and fall to how special we are. Because we're very special. We're extraordinarily special. In fact, I'm one of a kind. So we want to play with them. So we, we, we growl in the air ducts and we make them go away and bring up the uh, androids. Androids sometimes have shields. These energy shields our tentacles can't reach through and we're not a precision based creature although we can move with surprising efficacy, focus and etc. We're not we, we're not like a laser. We can't just send laser tentacles everywhere. A giant energy shield that prevents us from touching someone means we have to go up and around them. But anyway, androids come towards you when you echolocate slash terrorize with your stuff. Then you can just sit there and watch as you quietly peel back your the, the air grate entrance and carefully move it over to the side then descend into the room using the air grate as a shield that you use to cut everyone in half it's a giant three meter long razor blade at that point you can do the same thing with doors you can open doors very quietly very carefully or you can rip them off their hinges and use them as straight razors giant fucking straight razors flying through everyone. Blah. The ending was immensely... It was not immensely satisfying. It was just very good. The last 30% of the game was a little bit too puzzly for me. But I doubt that anyone will hate it. And it's one of the most unique games that I've ever played where you actually start with all of the powers that you need to kill anything in the entire fucking game and are an unstoppable force of darkness um so yeah, carrion 20 bucks go buy it that's our show this week cheers just a drop of blood floating through the air and miracles are not only just the future. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yada yada yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yada yada yee. Four or five times. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com.
to subscribe to the podcast using the Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.